0: What an awesome moment! Awesome moment. Then, God creates these moments for us. God creates these moments and these opportunities, and I believe God is so strategic that He positions us for prayer like that, or here, or wherever, and He leads us to that. You know, I come in this morning and I've, I'd sprained my um my hand here, my finger, like my fingers. I'd sprained my fingers, and my hand. And it was really sore. And through the whole 9 a.m. message, I was doing this, and people noticed it. They know, and, they, and they come up and said, "Hey, oh, what, what are you up to?" And um, I said, oh, "I've hurt my fingers. I was just walking in at the back there, minding my own business." And, um, and Gordon grabbed me and he said, "Hey, I see you shaking your hand. What's wrong?" And I told him. He just started praying for it. I just had my hand out like that, like I said, minding my own business. And he starts praying, and I felt. Because I've been getting this numbness, like this pins um, and needles and numbness all morning, and and I felt it disappear straight away. And it's like, it's fine. I, I said that. I said that to say this, God's presence is here. God God is God is on the move. God wants to do some stuff in your life. God wants to change, and nothing's too small and nothing's too big. Could I preach this message with pins and needles? And yeah, I'm pretty good. I could have, but God's even better. He said, Why would you? Hey, why would you? Man, I felt like that worship at the end, I almost felt like God was pleading through that worship. Like just pleading through it, you know, just for us to know how good He is and to know His love. Amen? Right, I've got my scriptures printed out here. So I'll put them over here. I've got them in nice big print, too. Hey, you, you could probably read this. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to preach the Word today, and um, I'm excited. I'm always excited about preaching the Word. I always love it. Um, It's an opportunity that I think God's created for me, you know? And I was saying in the first service, if, if God had said to me right from the start, showed me everything way back then now, I probably would have run a mile. You know what I mean? Like, He just reveals piece by piece, bit by bit. And what I mean by that is, I think of when I first joined this church. If someone said to me, "Yeah, cool, because you're going to be preaching in a few years," I, I, that probably would have put me off. It was too much for me to, to take in. You know, I was just happy I was led in the door. Hey, I was just happy to be in the, hiding down in the back seat, just looking over the over the chairs. <clears throat> Right, Father God, Lord, I just give you thanks and praise, Lord God, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that we're always on your mind. I thank you, Lord God, right now you are people on your mind. You know everything, Lord. You know the beginning from the end, Lord. You know the highways, the lowways. You know everywhere. You're in everything, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are leading and guiding. Leading and guiding, Lord God, and revealing, Father God, Lord, and creating opportunities, Lord God, for us to collide with your spirit and be changed, Father God, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off by saying this. No one here is here to make up numbers. Every single person in this room is is of value to God, has a plan and a purpose, hand-picked and given to them by God. Every single person was known before they were even born. God had you on his mind. He counts the hairs on your heads. I've got a lot of good friends, but I don't think any of them have been that attentive. Few of them point out the silvers. How many there are coming up? But not exactly how many I've got. God is good, and God wants good for us. Like the plan and purpose that I th- that I look at that God has for my life could only be done through God. I know what Richard Brown does with his life on his own. He ruins it, ruins it, absolutely runs amuck. And then God's goodness says, "But by my grace, but by my grace, say." Hey, Not by your works, not not by the things you've done right or wrong, but by my grace and by my love, I'm reaching out to you. And here I am today preaching the Word of God, man, and I wouldn't have it any other way. wouldn't have it any other way. Do you know that when Adam and Eve sinned, eh? I always find that really funny that that there was... Because the Garden of Eden must have had everything in it, every single thing in it, except... And God just said one thing. You can have everything... Isn't that like us, eh, humans, eh? Like, we want the one thing that we can't, or we end up going over and do things that we, that we shouldn't. And I find that amazing that God wringed that off, and we still, out of all the thousands of things we could have done in the garden, we found the one thing that we shouldn't do. But do you know that when Adam and Eve did that, and they sinned, and all of a sudden their sin was revealed to them, eh, in the garden, and they, it says they hid from God. They hid from him. I think that's probably the first game of hide-and-seek. Hey, I mean, first, it's definitely the first game of hide and seek in the Bible. But the thing about it is that God comes out and they're hiding, and God goes, Where are you? God knows where they are. God, know, God knows. That's God what like, it says, Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So God's everywhere. God's everywhere, and He knows everything. And so the question that he was putting to Adam wasn't, where are you? It was, why are you hiding? He knew. He knew they were. Why are you hiding? And they hid because they had broken that, that, that law, you know, and they'd sinned and there was a separation between them and God. Do you know that the moment that apple was bitten, God's redemptive, restorative plan went into motion? The moment. The moment that Adam and Eve sinned, God's plan went into motion. His plan of the redemption and restoring us back to our right standing with God. It went into this away. I love this bit here. I think Pastor Matt used this last week too. I've stolen a couple of his from last week. Um, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. So new before you were even born. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Man. Then goes on to say, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. You ever think about that God thinks about you? That you're on God's mind? That right now, today, God's, this is part of your plan, being here this morning. Like I said, no one's here to make up the numbers. God's called everyone here by name. He knows everyone before they're born. amazes me. But here's the bit that I want to get to after all that. So they're hiding. God knows where they are. Okay? But that plan of redemption got put into motion. God's always thinking about us. Here's a really cool scripture. I, I love this scripture. And it, it was one of the first probably, it was the top five that I was given when I first, when I first started. And it was Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Hey. Now let's just sit on that bit there. For I, that's God speaking, for I, God, know the thoughts. So our job is to, to know what those thoughts are. We've got to know the plan and purpose that God has for our lives. And he will, he will reveal it in a very personal way. That's the thing about God. He's extremely personal. He's not just going to go, hey, you know what? I'm a bit tired today. I'm just going to broadcast this to everyone. You can all have the same thing. Because God knows what stage of life we're at. You know, that's why it's a, pers- it's a personal message from God. Personal message from God. You know, and, and it, it can be spectacular, but it can, doesn't always have to be, too. It can be something simple, the way God speaks to you. Like, I've never, ever heard God speak audibly to me. Like, I've never, ever heard, oh, Richard, you must do this, or, you know. I think that's how God sounds. Um, <clears throat> yeah, actually, no, it might be a little bit more, yeah. But, but, but I have an impression on my heart. That's how I get things. Something, something even this message, something came in a, in a title to me a word that God gives me. And then what do I do? I meditate on that word and I let God's spirit put into the context of my life. See, this is a personal message this morning and there's a message within this message. For every single one of you, that is how personal God is. I've only got one message. I've only got one, but God is going to bring it into like 50 different messages and deliver it to you. Personal. God's personal. You know, and, and I know that there is something like, Within this message, I'm not. I'm not so. Uh, what's the word for it? Um, I don't think you're going to get everything in every message. I think a message gets spoken, and God will grab bits and pieces and highlight it for your life. And that's how personal it is. You know, it's it's like uh, when you get a uh, a text. Hey, eh? have you ever had a text from someone that you know really well? Hey, you have had a text. Hey, Pastor Ivan. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, if you know that person really well, if you know them quite intimately, if you know them quite personally, you'll know the grammar they use, you'll know the manner and way they they put things together, even their little sign-offs, you'll know their emojis, because why? Because you're intimate with those people, it's personal. Uh, My kids used to try and message me off my wife's phone, hey hun, can you pick up some chocolate on the way home or... Seriously, ice cream on the way. But I would know it wasn't my wife. I, I would know. I would know. One was there was no spelling mistakes in it. <gasps> oh, that's bad. Oh, man, that's bad. Nah. Nah, she's getting better at spelling, actually. But, um, but here's the thing, though. I could, I could tell that it wasn't her. Why? Because I-, I know her personally. It's the same thing with God. God knows us personally. He's going to give us things. And here's the thing about it. When I speak... When I speak, God's Holy Spirit is going to get hold of these and give them to you, and it's going to resonate with you. The Word's going to resonate with you. It's going to, it's going to start to, to work in you. The Scriptures, He's going to grab them and put them into context for your heart, for your life. Why? Because God is relevant. God is relevant, man. God is more relevant now than He has ever been before. Ever been before. He is so relevant. And why does He stay relevant? Because He's so personal. You imagine if He was just stamping out, You know, like any old message for you. Oh, this is meant for Amy, but I'm in a bit of a rush. I'll give it to the whole front row. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not going to work because God's personal. And that's the thing. The more we get to know God, the the more I get to know God, the more I understand how much he's on my side. The more I understand how much he's for me. The more I understand how much he loves me. Yeah. So, you know, when you hear a scripture or you hear a message or a word, it's usually God's going to get that and put it into the context of your heart, make it relevant. It's sort of going to be affirming things, confirming things, and it's going to be sort of showing you, you know, uh, 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 leading you and guiding you. You know, it, it's almost like have you, ever, have you ever been reading a scripture in the morning and then you get to church and that scripture's used in the message? And you go, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I'm just reading that. It's not a coincidence. God knitting everything together. It's God's Holy Spirit. You know, or you're thinking on something and then someone sees it. You know, this is how God works in because he's so personal with us. You know, John ten twenty-seven 27 says, My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And I know them. Hey, that's what he says. And I know them. See, at the end of the day, if we know God, then we're going to know what's from God and what's not. There's going to be a lot of negativity spoken. A lot of discouragement over you in your walk with God. You know the world will knock you down. Even other Christians sometimes can be a little bit out. You know, so we have got to stay in our game. We have got to stay in our game. You know, like I said, you know, if 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 you text someone, how you know, you know, I've got the scripture here, one Corinthians two eleven. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? So who knows your thoughts or you better than you? Only God. But, I, but, but you know them best. And then he's, in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So God's going to reveal things through his Spirit to us. So God's going to start showing and revealing things. But the point I want to make there is, who better to get a word for your life from God than you? Who Who... who I could, be as, I could try as hard as I possibly be to be new. Never be new. I could never be new. Hey. New is the best version of new that there could ever be. Ever. Ever. You're the best version of me. I'm the best version of me. <laughs> I just saw everyone in front. Oh, does it not get better? <laughs> yeah. But what I'm trying to say there is that we rush to the world and all over the show to get a word. We rush all over the show to hear what God's saying. Man, we know what God's saying. Just relax for a moment. Take some time out. Hey, Put, put the phone down. Uh, jump off Facebook. Uh, stop watching so much sport. Oh, no, that's all right. You do that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, just take some time. If we take some time to hear from God, we'll hear him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, when you seek God, you'll find it when you seek him with all your heart. When you're real about it. Who better than you? Who's a better you than you? No one. So who's better to hear from God than you? For you. A lot of yous going on there. Some yous and news. But who better? See, and here's the other thing about God. It says here, in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. You can't figure out God through human wisdom or observation. You just can't. You know. I've had people say to me, Explain God to me. Explain God to me. I've even had a guy say to me, actually, I don't believe in God, but I like you. Sixty seconds, convince me. Hey. Convince me that God's real. All I can do, all I can do is is tell him about my experience my encounter and why God's real to me. That's all I can do is my experience and my story. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. What's the spirit searching? It's searching us. Spirit to spirit. It says in the Bible, uh, the word is the lamp to my life. No, the spirit of the man is a lamp Unto the Lord, searching the inner depths of, of his heart. So it's almost like the Spirit of God's like a light. And it's looking around inside me. Hey? And it's going, Oh, that's, that's awesome, Brownie. That's great. Oh, well, that shouldn't be there. Oh, <laughs> hey? well, you shouldn't be doing that. Actually, you should do this. You should do that. That's that lamp of God that's working. But we have to have it revealed to us. It's not going to drop in our minds. Eventually, it'll get to our minds, but it'll come through our spirit. Our spiritual sense at first may not even be able to, able to identify, or to put it into words, but then God will slowly start unpacking it and revealing step by step what he wants us to do. Step for you today might just be getting here, might be being here. Who knows? But this is part of your plan. Don't look so excited. <laughs> it's not my fault. This is your plan. It's not my fault. But this is part of your plan. Being here today is part of my plan. Preaching, today, part of the plan. Music, coming in, clapping, amening. Okay, maybe not. Um, you know what I mean? Hey, like the, we've all got a part of the part to play. We've all got a part to play. It's all part of the plan. Job 32.8. I can't stop laughing how big these things are. Um, but there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. It's God's spirit that puts things into perspective. It's God, God's spirit that reveals and gives revelation and shows. Our job is just to see it. Eh? And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're so busy, we get caught up, we don't see it. See, God's plan is in motion. God's plan is perpetually moving constantly from, from, the, from the before we were born, this has been working. God's plan is in motion. I've written down a scripture here and I can't remember what it was. Sorry, hang on. I do want to use it though because I remember it being cool and going, hang on, I'll write that down. Here we go. Okay, Proverbs. That's not Proverbs. Okay, here we go. Proverbs twenty twenty-four. Better be good after all this, eh? eh I don't think it's gonna be now, Pastor. I think I've killed the moment. Um, here we go. Yeah. A person's steps, oh, here we go, yeah. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Hey, eh, how can anyone understand their own way? It's up to us to understand God's ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. It's up to us to catch up. You know, when I, when I was talking about God is in motion, eh? God's in motion and his plan's moving and this is part of it and today's part of it and tomorrow will be another part of it and we'll just keep going. It made me think of a motion picture. Eh? So you imagine your life is a movie, action-packed movie. So some, of, some, some of it might be a drama. Um, I don't know. Eh? But here's the thing. Say that's your movie. Motion picture, okay? And God's giving you little snapshots and little glimpses and little pieces of the script, and he's revealing it to you. And here's the thing. Of our movie, of your movie that you are the main star in, okay? God's the producer. Holy Spirit's the director. And Jesus is your co-star. Sounds like a pretty good group to me. But you're the main star. Everyone else is co-stars. You might be in my movie. You can be a co-star in my movie. Hey, But here's the thing. We've got to start seeing it like that. I think sometimes we, we don't think enough of ourselves. I mean You are the main player, the main person in your movie, and God's producing that movie for you, and only you can do it as how, how God intends. Only you can do it. I remember one time... Um, you know, I was saying before how you get glimpses. God will give you glimpses and snapshots. He never shows you the whole movie. You know what I mean? But you can look back and go, oh, that was God. Oh, God was riddled all through that. And you can look back and see it. It's almost like the script has been revealed as we, as we go on. Because we don't know everything. We don't know what tomorrow brings. But the script has been revealed. I remember years ago, who remembers Riwea Brown? Anyone remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Levia Brown uh, was a member of this church, and she was the sc- she wrote the screenplay for Once Were Warriors. Like, hey, really? And she was man, she was up there. She made a dame. made a, was she made a dame, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was amazing. So she she came to this church and she said, "Oh, we want to do a play. We're going to do a play," and I'm like, oh, yeah, "I could hear them talking about the play," and then. Um, she came come up to me and she goes to me, I've got this part for you, okay? She goes, I've got this part for you. I think you'd be perfect. It's just a little bit part. That's all, you know, just a, but I think it'd be good if you wanted to come on. Now, you know what? My instant thing was no way. There's no way I'm doing that, man. And then I started thinking to myself, that she came back to me a second time and I thought, you know what? I am going to challenge myself and test myself and I'm going to do this because it wasn't comfortable for me. Like Nu was saying, it was a bit uncomfortable. I'll never forget the first practice that we came to. We're sitting there, and all I hear who's doing is, um, yeah, so then maybe Ben does this. And I was like, I think I'm Ben. I think I was Ben. And she goes, yeah, and then Ben, Ben, and I heard Ben getting mentioned a lot, you know, and so I went over to her, and I said, oh, hey, is, am I Ben? And she went, yeah, 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 we've, we've got the scripts sort of that we're putting together for you. I was like, cool. And then she goes, okay, then, I'd never done any acting in my life, other than in court, um, and then, and then I, she goes to us, okay then, come up here. So she gets me and she gets Barry. We're both standing here looking at each other. And she goes, okay then, you've just come back from England. You're, you're a league player. You've just come back from England. This is your brother-in-law who's your best mate. You haven't seen him in 10 years, five years, go. And I'm just standing there going, oh, hey, bro. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, hey, oh. What have you been up to? Oh, uh, not much. Uh, you know what I mean? And because there was no script. There was no script. And what she decided to do was just work the script out as we go. Yeah. So I'm like, where's my line? She goes, well, you haven't made them up yet. <laughs> and I remember just being horrified. And every day, the script would just start to take shape a little bit more. You know? Oh. Oh. All of a sudden, Ben had an alcohol problem. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden, Ben would just come back from London. He had heaps of problems. You know, and all these things started coming out. But we made the script as we went. It's sort of what we're doing now with life. You know, we know the general overall of the movie, but now God's putting in some details. He's putting in some lines. He's bringing in some bit parts. See, God has perfect laborers. He's bringing in those laborers to your movie, the people that are going to help you. The ones that are going to come in and, 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 and just get you and understand you. That's what God does. He's, and you know what? He's even gone before, and he's worked all this out. I can't wait to meet all my new friends. God's got new friends for me. Can't wait to meet the new people that are going to come in and be part of my movie. And yours. So, yeah, the point I was trying to make with Riwia was we don't have to have it all worked out. We don't have to know the script. You know, it says in Romans 17 that the, the just shall live by faith. Faith is not knowing everything, not having it all worked out, but trusting that God does. Yeah. Psalm 37.23, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. In that scripture, it's th- they're revealed. The steps are revealed. I used this story earlier on this morning when I grew up in Upper Hut, and um, there's a river out the back, the Hut River at the back of uh, Clouston Park. Me and my brother used to go down there and throw it, skim stones, you know. We were young fellas, go down and skim stones and that. And there used to be these rocks that someone had put in the water. So you could sort of walk. They, they, they sat about that far under the water. And you could walk across pretty much the whole part of that, that rivery creek bit if you, stepped on, if you knew the stones were there. The thing is, though, you could only see the first stone <coughs> from the from the shore, uh, from the bank. Yeah, the bank. You can only see the first stone from the bank, okay? But you could see it, and then you go, you step on it, oh, and then you see the next one. But it was only once you're on that one, and then you're on that one, and you see that one. And that's sort of how God works. He just wants to show us the steps, you know. But we can't, we can't. Ju- and if we, if we miss a step or we start going off into the water and we're going, God will try and bring us back onto those steps. He's constantly revealing himself, his plan and his purpose. I think sometimes we just think of the plan as, oh, well, there it is there, the outcome. We just think of the outcome. We don't think of the journey, all the awesome things that God's going to do on the way. You know, he gives you a glimpse. He gives you a snapshot. And so... He puts his plan in motion. His plan was in motion before I was even born. His plan for me, all the good things that he wants for me, whether I deserve it or not, it was there. I want to talk about, um, Pastor Matt talked about dreams last week. I found that really awesome. And, um, you know, Pastor Matt mentioned his dream, you know, of owning the gym, and he sort of shared the story about that you know, I want to add to this. The dream is in motion. God's plan's in motion, and the dream is in motion. And Matt sort of, you know, gave you some stories about that, but here's the thing. The journey from Matt wanting to be a personal trainer and becoming a gym owner, there was a whole lot of faith in between that, man. There was a whole lot of God speaking to him and telling him. And I remember, you know, because Matt, he won't mind me sharing. He had a really flash. Job, hey, remember he used to drive all the big Fords and all the flash cars, and he had a really good wage, and um, he'd come to me, and he said, oh, I'd, I'd been wanting him to join the church, and you know, I'd sort of been throwing a few little bits and pieces in here and there, and then he, he came to me, and he goes, oh, I'm going to do bodybuilding, I'm going to do bodybuilding, and I remember thinking to myself, oh man, that's going to take him away from God. You know, like that's so consuming and it's going to be so time-consuming. It's going to take all his energy and all his, all his um, focus and everything. So to me, it looked like, you know, man, that's the, the furthest thing away. But during that time, when, you, when you're doing bodybuilding, that you've got to diet. You know, and when you're, when you're on a strict eating plan, it's almost like fasting. And so, so what started happening while Matt was, was essentially fasting was the Spirit of God started speaking to him and drawing him and drawing him. And then one day, you know, like I've been in the church eight years, and then one day out of the blue, he rings me and goes, oh, hey, bro, I'm really feeling this call from God, pull from God. And I'm like, oh, man, mean, bro. So I go, I fly into evangelism mode, and I'm like, right, let's, I'll come and see you, and we'll do this, and I'll lead you to the Lord. And he goes, no, no. He goes, no, no, mate, I'm coming in three weeks. <laughs> he goes, I'll be there on the September, the blah, whatever it was, I'll be in three weeks. Now, for me, I, I sort of went, yeah, oh, no, we could do it now. You don't have to wait three weeks. You know, you can get right now. and uh, Come as you are. Eh? All, the, all the cliches. Eh? God will accept you how you are and everything. But my brother said, no. He said, no, I'm coming on, the, on three weeks. Now, because I knew my brother personally, I was, oh, well, he's coming in three weeks. Okay? Left it. Three weeks, turns up here. Here's the message. Comes up, gives his heart to the Lord. Hey, amazing. Amazing. But here's the point that I'm trying to make. Is it was only when he when he gave his heart to the Lord that God really started revealing the 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 the, the gym side, and so Matt came to me, and he said to me, oh, "I'm um, I'm thinking about leaving work," and uh, he, and I was like, "Oh, no, don't do that because well, you got a nice car, lots <laughs> of money," and he goes, um, "No, nah, I want to become a personal trainer." Now you got to remember, I, I'm sitting there going. You want to throw all that in for being a personal trainer, which is going to be hard work, man. Like, you've got to start your business from scratch. you got to. Think. Two things that Matt said to me that day. The first thing he said to me was, it's my passion. Now, you can't argue with a man's passion. You can't argue with a person's passion, man. You know, because a passion is just looking for a purpose. That's, that's all passion needs is a purpose. You know, that's one thing I think is, is really hard on young fellas these days so much passion, they've got no purpose they don't know what to do with it but anyway, he said, this is my passion now, hard to argue with that, so I was like okay, then as long as you, you know because I was just doing the right thing you know, uh, as far as, in my own intellect, weighing it up, are you sure this decision's right, are you sure God had told him see, God didn't give me the word that Matt was going to be a gym owner for me, because it's not my word, it wasn't my dream it wasn't for me, it was for him but because God has spoken personally to his heart, he knew that he knew that he knew. He knew. And that's the key to it. You know, is that the dream is in motion. The dream is absolutely in motion. You know, and, you know, now, like we said, you know, Matt owns a gym, and now he's he's talked about the next stage of the dream, which is the community hub part, which is still just a continuation of that dream, but but... But God wouldn't have given him the community hub back then. Hadn't even given him the gym. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to put things into into sequence here. Because God is a God of strategy. So the the next stage of the dream, you know, is in motion. So God's plan's in motion. The dream's in motion. We need to be in motion. We need to be moving with God. We need to be using the level of faith and wisdom that we've got now. You know, I, I, Matt talked last week about um, my daughter, Tia, and, uh, and her rugby. I believe she's going be Sh- she to be a black fern. She believes she's going to be a black fern. She's had words spoken over her about being a black fern. Everyone's talked about being a black fern for her. And it's awesome. But the thing is, because now's, now's the time to, to speak that stuff. But the thing about it is that Tia still needs to do something. Tia still needs to work hard. Tia still needs to train. Tia still needs to eat properly. She's still going to have to dedicate sacrifices. There's a lot of stuff she's going to have to do for this to come. And she's going to have to be in motion with God with this dream. She's going to have to keep moving. You know, it says in the Word that, that, that uh, a man's gift makes room for him. Eh? But we've still got to fill that space. God might give us a gift, but we've still got to we have still to fill it. You know, I believe the call of God is when you have a gift in your life and an opportunity comes together. That's the call of God, man. And every single person in this room has a gift. Every, Every single person in this room has a gift that God's given them that's unique to everyone else, that he will use you in a different way than anyone else. That's how special he is. That's how unique he is. But that's the thing, you know, we can get the opportunities, but we've still got to fill it. You know, we've got to fill it. You know, she, Tia, Tia's, Tia's going to have to work hard. She knows that. But the opportunity's there. It's the same with us. You know, we can't get focused on the outcome. There's, there's a journey involved there's a, on the way there, eh? <sighs> Tia's movie's going to be big, Matt. Yeah, Tia's movie's going to be quite big. I don't know who's going to play me. Um, mm, mm. Oh, Matt wants The Rock to play him. Yeah, we'll get the rock. I might be Kevin Hart then. <laughs> yeah, Dream, man. The dream's alive. The plan's in motion. God's in motion. Holy Spirit's in motion. We need to be in motion. Moving with God. Moving with him. You know, it's funny that New, you know, here's, here's an example. New mentioned discomfort today. Hey, you talked about not being, being out of your comfort zone for God. You know, that's in my word. This little bit here is, there, is, is around, you know, what I was saying with Tia then is that there's a level of discomfort in your gifts sometimes. Because God's going to work beyond your abilities, beyond your comfort zone. He's, he wants to take you out of places where faith is actually alive. And sometimes we try and avoid discomfort. Have you noticed that? Like everyone tries to avoid discomfort. And I, uh, personally, I actually think a lot of anxiety comes from young people thinking that everything's perfect and that when it's not, everything's wrong. And it's because we get these these false snapshots of people's lives on social media, glimpses, not the movie. We don't get the whole movie. We don't get this bit where they're down and they're sad or when things are going wrong. We get the photos of everything's perfect and everything's great and everyone's living their best life. But at the end of the day, discomfort is a part of life and we have to actually just... Manage it and even accept it. I'm not just saying live in it, but what I'm saying is when something of discomfort comes, don't avoid it all the time. Hey, That's how God works sometimes. God works through the hard stuff. Right, where are we up to? We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it says in the Bible that Paul was content whether he had plenty or whether he was in need. What God's trying to say there is don't wait till everything's perfect and everything's all right before you can start living out the, the, the plan of God. God's plan lives out through the hard times. You know, God's the God of the valley and the mountain. You know, God's in the dark and the light. You know, everything. God's in everything. So we can't, we can't always just have everything perfect. We've got to be prepared to be in some, some discomfort because that's where God works sometimes is when our, when our understanding ends and his starts, that's, that's, that's where faith lives. That's where faith lives between them. I'm going to finish off with, with just two, two little stories. Um, and this one here is around, before I became a Christian, I was pretty low on myself. I got pretty down on myself. I'd, I'd made some really bad decisions. I'd, I'd got myself into a bad headspace. You know, I was, I was addicted. I was down. I was out. And, and I just felt like nothing was, nothing was going right for me, man. And I, I got arrested one day in Lower Hutt. And um, it was, I'll never forget it because it was the very first Warriors game ever in 1995. And it was a big game. And I was so excited about it. And I was like so happy. And we're all going around to pass the match to watch the game. And there's a whole load of us going. We're all excited. I get arrested during the day. So I get arrested during the day, and I'm sitting there going, oh, well, I, you know, it's, it wasn't for much. Um, and then I'm sitting there going, oh, I'll get bailed. Uh, anyway, for some reason, the police guy, the copper didn't like me. Uh, I know, I'm pretty likeable, and, and, and he didn't like me, and so he started nutting off at me, and I remember being like, oh, and he's slamming things, he's yelling at me, and, that, and I'm sort of like, Whoa! And the last thing he said was, "Well, you won't be getting bail." And he walked out, And I don't even know what I'd done to him. And then anyway, I'm just sitting there, and this uh, this detective goes past that I knew quite well. Um, I still a lot of him and I, him and I worked together a lot. <laughs> uh, him and I had a lot of a lot of work together, a lot of good work too together. Um, and he walked past, and he just spotted me, and he he come back. He said, "Hey, what are you up to?" I said just doing a bit of work, <laughs> a bit of overtime. And he goes, um, oh, okay then. And he, The other cop there, goes, oh, yeah, the sergeant doesn't like him. And uh, the the detective butler goes, why is that one? I don't know. Anyway, he goes, oh, okay, then. He just goes off. Now, he could have just gone home for that weekend, you know, not, not thought anything of me, but instead he went and pulled some strings. He went and pulled some strings and he got me out and he said to me, mate, promise me you'll come to court, make sure you go to court on the, it was a Tuesday, because it was a public holiday, he goes, make sure you're at court, I said, I promise you, promise you, because I, I don't mistake kindness for weakness, I said, no, I promise you, man, I'm going to go to court. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he goes to me, oh, once we'd finished, he'd finished processing me, he says, oh, I'll drop you off, you want to lift home, I said, yeah, I'll get a lift home, and on the way home, this, this police officer that I sort of, I, I did, I liked them. I actually looked up to him. I thought he was, you know, because if I'm honest, there were plenty of bad police that I come across, plenty. But there were a couple of really nice ones. And on the way home, I remember we got outside my house, and he said to me, hey, mate, he goes, I just wanted to say this to you. And I was like, yeah, he goes, mate, we've de- I've dealt with you quite a bit over the years. And he said, mate, I deal with hundreds of young men around the hut. And he said, but, mate, he said, you need to get out of this scene. You know, he goes, and, and I'll never forget this. He goes, you're too good. You're too good for this scene. You're too good for this That resonated to me, man. Like, it was hard to hear. It was actually really hard to hear because I didn't think I was that good. You know what I mean? It was hard to hear a policeman saying that, you know, like, because it was a real um, compliment. But I didn't feel that way, and it was really hard to receive it, and I sort of, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, mate, thank you, and I left. But that just kept resonating in my head. He had spoken a word of me then. You're too good for this thing, get out of it. And then about three months later, one of our top head guys, one of our big criminal heads, he was going to jail, and we went to have a party for him, and he pulled me aside the night before he was going to prison and said the exact same thing. And that, to me, was God trying to get my attention through people who weren't Christians to say, mate, you're too good for this. And it was revealing bits and pieces to me, leading me to here, to where I could get my heart right with God. You never know what people... You just don't know. What, what you say, you have no idea. You know, the power of it. Because, you know, this was said to me 30 years ago. I still think like it's yesterday. And it's actually a really, something I'm really proud of. You know, that he... And I actually caught up with him because he ended up buying the mini putt out by, do you remember they used to have mini putt out by Coastlands? He bought that. And I bumped into him and I got to share with him everything that had happened, you know, from then to now. And he was blown away. And he even said, he said to me, oh, he didn't think anything of it. But that word, I got hold of that word. I got hold of that word and went, yeah, I am, I am better than this. I am.' Now, and then I came to, to, to church and God revealed himself to me. Showed how much he loved me. <clears throat> so never underestimate the power of a word. you know. I'm going to finish off with this one last bit about uh, my wife, actually. 30 years ago in this church, this is before we were together, um, she got a prophecy spoken over her in this church. And uh, the, the prophet said, there was a lady that was visiting, and she said to her, the person that you think is is going to be your husband, or that you, or that you think is not is not going to be your husband? And B was like, oh and then he, she goes, and this is the freaky part. She goes, you've actually already met your husband. Hey, that's what she said. Now that's a pretty buzzy thing to have said to you, eh? Hey? So what would you do? What would the first thing you do? You go through your mind of all the people you know, hey, I'm not marrying them, my lord. Oh, not them. Hey, and so this was, and, and I'd met Bev briefly in, in a prison visit. Remember, she come and visited me. I'd met her briefly, and then I got to know her a little bit, and then she come back out here and had that word spoken over her. Now, here's the funny thing about it God didn't reveal who. She thought and thought and thought and thought and thought. She went through every single person that she thought. Never thought of me, never ever thought of me. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I believe God was keeping her and me safe because it wasn't the right time to be revealed. Seriously, if it had been revealed back then, I would have ruined it. I definitely would have ruined it. But the thing about it was, that was a word given to her. It didn't fit at the time, but she just sat on it and sat on it. And it was really funny because when I first bumped into her back out here, that was the first thing she said to para is I know who my husband is. I know who my husband is. And I'm just walking through... I didn't know any of this, guys. <laughs> um, I'm just walking through coastlands, and then I bump into her, and God placed it on her. That's your husband. God had a lot of work to do, though. A lot of work to do. Eh? But he got there. You know, now, the reason why I say that is because, you know, we're all, the, the dreams the, the plans in motion, the dreams in motion, God's in motion, we're in motion... Words of encouragement and things, that's a fuel, you know. But the thing about it is that we know what's best for us, eh? It's got to resonate with you. You know, one thing God will never condemn. He might convict, he might confirm, but he'll never condemn. Yeah. You know, so that was the thing too around what I'm putting there around prophecy is that there was a time for that to come out. There was a perfect time for it, and there was a time for it not to, you know, and God revealed in the right time. So so here's the big thing. The point I'm trying to make is sometimes we get so caught up, and, and, and we can miss opportunities, we, or, or, or we look at things and go, well, no, I don't think that fits. So here's an example. When I came to God, I felt like I, I bought him my life in pieces. It was like a jigsaw in pieces, and it was all in my hands, and I'm like, This is what I've done with my life, God. You know, I've made a mess of it. And then God started getting the pieces and putting it back together. While he was putting it together, he found a couple of pieces that didn't fit. And he threw them out. And he found a couple of pieces that were missing, and he added them. And he's still making that picture for me. And he's bringing it all together. And on the way, he's revealing things to me. And he's showing things to me. And he's showing me things at the right time. Because if I know them too early, then it, 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 it might put me off. It might. Who knows? Like I said, if... If someone had said to me, my first month here, you'll be up there preaching, I would have freaked. You know, God reveals things at the right time. He shows things. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a path, man, and we're on it. And here's the thing about it, we're all on it together. You know, God has brought us together for a purpose and a reason. So you've all got your individual plans, but we've got a corporate one too. You know, I believe that God has brought people into my life through this church to fulfill my movie and plan. God's brought me into this church to fulfill. Eh? And it's just perpetual. So the thing is, man, we're all in this. All in this. And, and, and everyone, every single person, no one is here to make up numbers. No one is here to make up numbers. We all have a plan and a purpose and we're all in this together. Amen? And, and I'm excited. I'm excited. When I look around this room, you want to see you from up here. You look amazing. Look a bit tired and bored, but um, nah. um, but but you look honestly. I look around this room and I see what God's done and doing and everything else, and I see how many how a lot of your lives have intertwined with mine to get me to be part of where I am. You're my co-stars, hey, hey. <laughs> Love it, love it, yeah. So my, my, my encouragement today is, man, our plan is in motion and it's moving now and today's part of that plan. Tomorrow's part of that plan. The dream's in motion. Prophecy's in motion. God's in motion. We need to be in motion. What I mean that is we need to be moving with God too and looking because the question that God gave me when I put this message together was, what are you doing with the level of God that you have now? What are you doing with that level of the Holy Spirit that you have right now, not tomorrow, or the next day, or the day, what are you doing with what you've got now? The presence of God that's in my life now. Don't ever underestimate the influence that you have, the impact that you have, the encouragement that you have. You can say the right thing at the right, you could be the right person at the right time saying the right thing. God changes everything. In a word, God can change things. In a word. I stood here, I stood here, 25 years ago as a drug addict, asked God for help and got healed in in a blink of an eye. A blink of an eye. Years and years of struggling in my own strength and trying to understand and trying to work out what's going on and and, and in in a blink. Once I humbled myself to God, then he could work with me. Then he could do something with me. And he wants to do something in everyone's life every day. Every single day. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we are your people, Lord God, that we are called, Lord God, for a, for a higher cause, Father God. Lord. We live with a purpose, Father God. The purpose, because we have a plan from you, Father. And Lord, I thank you right now that you're revealing and showing steps, Lord. I thank you that you're uniting people where they need to be united. You're, you're positioning people. You're directing, you're leading, you're empowering, Father God. You're guiding, Father. I pray we open our eyes of understanding to see you more clearly, Father God, Lord, and what you want us doing, Lord. And I thank you right now, Lord God. You're revealing dreams. You're revealing the steps, Lord God, that you've ordered. You're revealing your plan. You're revealing the steps that you have for that plan, Father God, Lord. And we speak life over these, Lord. We speak life and light over these words. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for every single person here. Revelation after revelation after revelation of your goodness that you have and the plan that you have for them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.